In the holy name of Jesus, amen. We've heard a lot about stories the last couple months. And stories are always most powerful when they actually impact your life. When they don't, when they remain abstract, when they remain out of touch, they just don't do anything. But stories took on a whole new meaning for me when I learned of Harold Crick. Harold Crick, a lonely IRS agent whose mundane existence was transformed when he hears a mysterious voice that narrates his life. Dismayed by this narrator, he sought help from the HR department where he worked and a psychologist, but neither really could explain what was going on nor offer help. One recommended, hey, take a vacay, take a vacation. And another one said, take medicine. Harold thus went to someone who knew about stories, someone who knew about narrators, English professor Jules Hilbert. And through the help of this professor, he found out that He was actually the main character in a new novel by the author, Karen Eiffel. When Harold found that out, to his dismay, he realized that Karen Eiffel's main characters always die at the end of their novels. Jules Herbert, though, not seeing the immediacy of Harold's situation, thought the whole thing was just nice to talk about. It was just an idea. It was something that professors do that they just talk about in their classrooms. But that changed when Harold exclaimed, You have to understand, this isn't a story to me. This is my life. Now, perhaps many of you might recognize this as being the plot of a movie. You'd be right, it is. It's the plot to a movie titled Stranger Than Fiction. But the point's made. Stories are not simply about words. Stories are lived. Stories, as Harold exclaimed, are life. For poor Harold. The old story of his life before the narrated invaded was predictable. It was comfortable for him. It was something that he was in control of. But this new story scared him. Scared of the new story that laid claim to his life, Harold was very hesitant to joyfully embrace it. He tried his best to hang on to his old life because he actually thought that was the only way he would be able to live. Hang on the old story, reject the new. But Jesus says today in the Gospel reading, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Being trained for the kingdom of heaven is bringing out the old and the new. You see, Harold was short-sighted. Harold didn't see that his old story could actually be caught up into the new story. 
For him, receiving the new story meant the annihilation of his old story. But what was actually happening, happening was that the old was being redeemed. It was being recreated by the invasion of this author. And in, in the invasion of the new story, Harold's life was set off into a new direction that no one would ever imagine. In fact, that is the plot of the story. As it unfolds, we wait on the edge of our seat to find out what is next. And the same is for our old and tired stories. You see, our lives, our stories, were hidden in the mud and the dirt of our loneliness, our sin, our desperation. But this author comes along and invades our life. The author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, invades our life, invades our story, and he sets off on a new direction. See, his word, as our author, now begins to tell us a new story. Like Harold, this new story can be at times scary. And it's scary precisely because it's out of our control. It is completely in his control. And it's scary because we realize that our old story, our old lives, are actually being caught up into this new story that goes in places we never would have imagined it actually going. But we realize once it's in his control, in our in his authorship, there's only joy that sets before us. Now we might fight it. We might reject it. But that doesn't change the fact. That doesn't change the truth that we're part of a story that's old and new. You see, if you reject the old, if you annihilate the old, you've lost where you've come from, and the fact that your past has brought you here today, this morning, to hear God's good news in Jesus Christ, that your old way is not the end of the story, that things can be different and set off on a new direction. But you can't reject the new either. Because if you reject the new and the new way it's going to go, then all you have is your old, tired, lonely, lousy stories. The ones that don't have Jesus in it. You see, the gospel this morning doesn't simply hold up the old and the new, allowing us to choose from both to create our own story. That's not what the gospel does. Rather, the gospel writes each of our own stories into a larger, grander story. That includes everyone. We see it in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, as we read along, is now written into the story of Jesus. And as we heard today, that word is writing us into the same story. It's what Scripture does, not only in the book, but also in our own lives. 
You see, our Lord, through His Word, now has actually invaded your life. You might not see it as an invasion. You might just see it as some pre-seminarian kid reading the Old Testament and Epistle and some young pastor reading the Gospel reading. You might see it as that, but that, in fact, is an invasion of Jesus Christ into your life. He has come and presented Himself, and now life is not the same. Through His Word, He's invaded your life, and He's begun to narrate it. Narrate it according to His story. That's full of love. Love that gives up everything in order to get you. You singular, you plural. Now for Harold and Stranger Than Fiction, the story was a romantic comedy, but for Jesus, it's not a romantic comedy, it's an action movie. It's an action story. For instance, The Kingdom of Heaven. It's like a treasure that's found and someone sells all in order to get it. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who sells all in order to get just one pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a net that catches all kinds of fish, and rather than bringing it into the boat and separating the good and the bad, drag it ashore, bearing the burden of all kinds of fish. You see, the kingdom of heaven isn't just a location, it's an action. The kingdom of heaven is primarily someone doing something. Harold. Back to Harold. His life was described as mundane. You could say that it was boring. He really really doesn't do much. But after Harold's life is invaded by this author, they don't remain that way anymore. In fact, they're transformed. Because when he encounters this new story, it actually enlivens Harold. And as Harold begins to live inside that story, as we watch this unfolding, we're not quite sure if it's the author's story, if it's Harold's story, but it doesn't really matter. The two become so intertwined that we're not really given to figure that out. All we know is that Harold, once was inactive, is now living a life of action. Since it's a romantic comedy, it's an action of love trying to get the girl. Nonetheless, it's different than what it once was. You see, after Harold exclaims to Professor Hilbert, this isn't just a story to me, it's my life, he says, and I want to live. See, as it becomes part of this new story, the immediacy and the joy of that life overtakes him, and he wants that. The thing is, though, if we listen to the readings today, realize that the same thing is going on in God's story, because God's story is precisely one of action. Deuteronomy text says to us that God redeemed his people with his mighty hand, taking them from Pharaoh, putting them in the promised land to live this new life, out of slavery and in freedom. 
And then in the epistle reading, we see that God's story in Jesus Christ is all about love that requires a sacrifice. And obviously you can't hear the gospel reading without hearing that there's a lot of action. So God doesn't invade our life just to give us some nice words. But God gives us a story, in fact, so that we might embody those words. He gives us a new life to live. And it's just abstractly, but in real actions. To quote Harold, we all can agree with him. You have to understand, this isn't a story to us. This is our life. And we want to live. Now that you've encountered our Lord Jesus Christ in his word and in his sacrament, he's laid claim to you and he's taken you up into his own life. You're given completely to his story. And as we already outlined, it's action. And there's a lot of life to live. As we enter into the new building, there is a lot of life to live. And like Harold says, we want to live. And I know everyone's heard over the past few weeks about this word homo legeo, same speak. You see, as Harold in the author's story got so intertwined, not knowing what is going on, whose story is who, the same is for us. The story of Jesus and our story become so intertwined that it looks like the same. That as people actually come into contact with us, they actually come into the contact with the story of Jesus. They actually come into contact with his presence in the world So as we leave here today, we're beginning to live in the action story. As we come into contact with the Harold Cricks of our lives, those who live mundane, lonely, desperate, those who live a life without an author, we now have something to say. See, those people out there don't have anyone narrating their life. They might have themselves to narrate their own lives. And we all know where that leads us. See, but now that you've heard the author narrating your own life in his word, you realize that his story, your story, includes all those people out there. So you have a story, that's a life to live, to tell the good news that the life of the kingdom of heaven is worth everything that you have and that the life of the kingdom of heaven actually requires all that you have. And as the epistle reading says, if God is for us, who can be against us? The life of the kingdom of heaven that's worth everything you have and requires everything that you have is scary. But if God is for us, who can be against us? There is no fear 
where Jesus is. Rather, there's only joy. And the joy is actually in the bringing out of the treasure. That's both old and new. There is no joy in hiding the treasure. If you listen again to the Gospel reading, a man who finds a treasure, digs it up, but then covers it, sells everything, and then the next time we see the word treasure, we have it coming out. It doesn't remain hidden. But out of his treasure, he brings out old and new. That's it. It's us. We've encountered the action story of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't leave us the same, but it enlivens us to speak, to act, to live, to follow Jesus in a radical commitment. To actually give up on the old way. To live in the new way. Give up on the old way so that it can actually be incorporated into the new way, the new story. See, for Harold, he found joy in that new story. Even though he had no control over it. He had so much joy, even though he knew he would die at the end of his story... He proceeded on the same, living life in word and deed, pursuing love. Hebrews 12 also says this. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who in joy in the race that was set before him endured the cross. And the same is for you. That story, Jesus' story, narrates your life. And we find joy in the fact that we live in control of our author. You might say, Pastor, I don't know what to say to people. It's okay. Just listen. As Pastor Gainig has said in the past few weeks, homo legeo, you don't have to make anything up. Just say what's been said to you. And in saying what you, what's been told to you, you find great joy in the freedom that you are not speaking your own words. So as we leave here today, I want to draw attention to the post-communion canticle. When we come into contact with Jesus in his body and blood, I would like for us to have the post-communion canticle be our prayer. And as we sing it, let it be the story that narrates our life. Thanking the Lord, singing his praise, telling everyone what he has done, what the Lord has acted, how he's narrated our own life, bringing us from the land of slavery, loneliness, desperation, to the life of freedom, joy, and community so that all who are seeking a new story may be filled with joy and bear his name. And we can do this because our Lord does deliver on his actions. He delivers on his promises and leads us forth in joy. So let the post-communion canticle be our prayer. 
Let it be the narration of our life. Today, tomorrow, and forevermore. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.